Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder... When something happens to your child, you hope that the proper authorities will do anything to help bring them home safely. On November 12, 2003, a man was arrested after police, who reportedly ignored the panicked cries of dozens of parents, finally captured a dangerous child murderer. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. In September of 2001, young boys in China started to disappear from popular hangouts like video halls, internet cafes, and video arcades at an alarming rate. And while their disappearances did not go unnoticed, the general opinion of the local police was, without a body, we can't have a case. Over the next three years, at least 18 boys went missing, some just a few days apart from one another, and all seemingly from poor farming families. What their parents did not know, though I'm sure their minds raced with the possibilities, was that a man named Wang Yang, born November 18, 1974, was approaching each and every one of these young men and, with the promise of a well-paying job, a scholarship, or sightseeing tours, lured them into his home one by one, drugged them, raped them, and then strangled them with a length of rope. Wang Liu Chao, one of the parents, would later tell a local media outlet that it was his wife who discovered their son was missing from his boarding school. You see, because all of these boys came from more rural areas where schools really didn't exist, most had been sent off to expensive boarding schools to gain their education. So some of the victims had been missing for quite some time before their parents were ever even notified. In the case of Wong's son, the school officials never informed them that he did not return to school and refused to take any responsibility for his disappearance. With school officials failing to report and local police not taking the cases seriously, the parents of these missing boys were at a complete loss. So, they did what they could and several banded together and made a trip to Beijing, the capital, to seek help from another police unit. According to Wong, it was only then that the country's leaders paid any attention to their cases. Then, in late 2003, 16-year-old Zhang Li, Wong's 18th victim, somehow managed to escape his abductor and reported the incident to the police. 
With his safety and testimony came the confirmation of all the parents' worst fears. Their sons weren't going to come home. According to the boy and some later testimony by Huang himself, Wong lured the teenagers to his home by claiming he developed a new video game called God Riding on a Wooden Horse and gained their trust by promising to tutor them or to help them find well-paying jobs to pay for the schools they had to go to. Once in his home, Huang led the boys to something he called the, quote, intelligent wooden horse, a refit household noodle-making machine that looked like a four-legged stool with a rectangle wooden board fixed to the top. He would have the boys lie on the machine and, before they knew it, they were being strangled to death with a strap. When he was done, he would strip off their clothing, cut their bodies into several parts, and hide them in a pit inside of his home. According to Zhang, after entering the home with the promise of a job, Huang began strangling him and he lost consciousness three times during his captivity. But when he was awake and lucid, he continually spoke with Wang and tried to talk him out of taking his life. Huang reportedly told Zhang, I killed at least 25 people. You're number 26. He was fed a diet of solely instant noodles and tortured over the course of four days, during which time he attempted twice to escape, but to no avail. It was on the fourth day that Huang was pacing back and forth, muttering, kill, don't kill, over and over until the young boy promised that if Wong let him go, he would come care for him when he got older. The plan seemed to work and the boy was let go. At first, police did not believe Zhang's story. But after a trip to Wong's home the very next day, during which time the police uncovered human remains, Huang Yang was arrested on November 12th, 2003, while police continued to unearth the bodies buried under and behind his home. Huang, though suspected of 25 or more murders, was charged with only the murders of 17 young men. His trial was a media sensation, with over 1,000 people issued passes to attend and more than 100 journalists listening in from all over the country. For those who could not make it inside, loudspeakers were installed outside to allow the more than 2,000 residents to gather and listen to the proceedings. When given a chance to speak, Huang Yang claimed, I've always wanted to be an assassin since I was a kid, but I never had the chance, and blamed television and film for his violent tendencies. The trial, which had to be paused a number of times to calm down the parents of Huang's victims, ended with the murderer being found guilty and sentenced to death for his crimes on December 9th, 2003. Also called into question were the police officers and school officials who consistently ignored the parents' suspicions. Had they listened even once, Wong may have never been able to get his victim count into the double digits. There were even some accounts that claimed the police seemed to ignore the fact that two chopped-off hands were left on the doorstep of a local internet cafe, one that Huang Yang was a frequent visitor of, with notes attached that reportedly carried tips for the police tips they ignored. In the aftermath of the trial, local police refused to give any details on the case and their lack of investigation. On December 26, 2003, 29-year-old Huang Yang was executed by a firing squad. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on November 13th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. 
If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.